Testimonies of Truth. On this episode, we chat with Judd Field, the vocal director of the Melbourne Gospel Choir. Judd talks about some of the well-known artists the choir has supported, his own role as vocal director, some of the experiences that he's had, and how the Christian faith relates to the Melbourne Gospel Choir. Judd, welcome to Testimonies of Truth. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, So just to kick us off, can you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like at the moment? A little bit. Um, I have a pretty crazy life at the moment. Um, Work for myself. Uh, I used to work in an oil and gas industry and um, sort of had all these creative ideas and was hoping that I could have some time to do them with a the family and, and full-time job. And, um, and I guess I've been asking God to get me out of this place. And um, through a series of crazy things, I ended up starting my own business. Um, the company I worked for went broke. And um, one of my main customers offered to keep buying off me and basically um, has supported me um, and allowed me a lot of time to do a lot of things. So my days consist of um, writing, recording, um, looking after customers. My wife started her own business as well, so I'm helping her with that. Um, and then gigs and bands and learning songs. And so it's every day is <laughs> different. You wake up and look at the diary and go, oh, I'm over here today, kind of. So um, I absolutely love it. I feel like, I've, I think I said this um, recently, my soul is prospering, you know. Judd, can you tell us about the origin story of the Melbourne Gospel Choir and how the group initially came together? So uh, a lady called Roma Waterman is our founder. Um, she was a singer around Melbourne, um, you know, a session singer and, and recording sort of things around town. And um, uh, Channel 9 had Reba McIntyre coming out um, to perform and she was after a gospel choir. And so... A lady from Channel 9 rang up Roma and said, can you organise a, a gospel choir? You're a, you're a Christian, you're one of those church people, can, you, you must know. So Roma just put together a bunch of friends basically from her local church and, um, and they became the gospel choir. Um, I think almost immediately they went on Hey Hate Saturday and um, and Daryl Summons, Daryl Summers was sort of asking them, what, what's your name, who, who are you called? And rattling, you know, it could be the Hey Hey Choir, and, and they're like, no, 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 Melbourne Gospel Choir. Yep. So he introduces them as the Melbourne Gospel Choir, and that's how they ended up being that. And then Roma, um, they just kept getting asked to do, every time there was a TV performance, they'd ring her up, you know, right. she'd put together these people. And then Roma just felt to start um, making it broader than just her church. 
and start including other churches and so she was asking around people and I was doing uh, Youth Alive at the time um, another long story of how I ended up there but um, I'd actually put wrote, written down a vision how I'd, I'd love to uh, witness in the industry and write songs um, that would influence the spiritual um, airwaves basically um, and so I'd written this thing about wanting to be a witness in the industry and had it all mapped out I'd get a record deal and I'd be there and um, and suddenly find myself singing at uh, Youth Alive and the Melbourne Gospel Choir had one of their first performances there as well and so in the sound check Roman just goes oh I love your voice love you to join the choir sometime I'm like yep yeah, that'd be cool that Christmas they get asked to do Carols by Candlelight and wow. Roman's ringing up going you know do you want to come and do this and so I've gone from singing in my little church yeah. in, and within that it was you know just prior to that the year before I hadn't been doing anything really outside of the church so I'd just started to try and get this record deal happening and had met a guy who was from another little church who was a record producer and he was helping us write demos and he turned out to be the music director at Youth Alive so he rings up and says can you come and sing at the Rod Laver Arena for 13,000 kids so within a year I'd gone from just serving my little church to Rod Laver Arena and now I'm singing at the carols and now I'm backstage you know starting to become friends with all these you know celebrities and, and industry people and camera people and producers and the, the vision that I had about trying to you know reach the industry within one year sort of just went bang so um, pretty much from then on every year the choirs just we get asked to do it again and again and every time they need a, a, a choir for TV they ring the Melbourne Gospel <laughs> Choir and so it's really been God's opening up the path for us we've mm. we've never felt like was any claim to fame as far as anything we'd done to push it or promote it yeah. in fact most of the times we have tried to push it it hasn't you know gone the way we thought it would anyway mm. so we've kept that um ever since then basically just really tried to um have an attitude of representing the church not a church so we make mm. sure members are from all different churches and um and and even intentionally um you know making sure we maintain a multicultural feel so mm. we're um, we're we, we look like what heaven looks like. That's our, mm. <laughs> you know, our goal to not be um, segregated or, or um, yeah. It sounds like all of that happened quite quickly, going from ministering in your local church to Youth Alive to being on TV with the choir. You know, I think that's the, the interesting thing about the way God works. You have it all mapped out and you, you, you think you know how it's all going to happen and he just takes you on this whole other path and there's some... Um, some people along the way who've inspired me um, in those really early days and um, I did mention a celebrity early on um, as one of these people I'd like to witness to you know because they're not going to listen to someone banging on their door giving them a bible yeah. they'll listen to a friend mm. um, and so I wanted to be a friend in that industry and I um, it just maybe a couple of years ago ended up um, through another heap of random circumstances, vocal coaching this particular person who you would say is, you know, um, probably got a reputation of being very anti-God or, you know. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was... I'd actually written his name down in my <laughs> in my little thing. In fact, I've written Madonna. I'm clearly not going to be anywhere near her, but maybe I will. But I've written Madonna and then I've written an Australian celebrity who I thought was you know, someone that would never listen to anybody yeah. knocking on their door. And somehow I end up in this in this studio vocal coaching him and, and encouraging him to 
to seeing and, and speaking life into him, which was mm. um, his personality was very much tearing other people down and right. um, his on-screen persona was very much tearing other people down. Mm. And in real life, he was tearing himself down and he was very down on himself. Mm. And so to be in that position to encourage him and to speak you know, encouragement into him and build up his... Um, his inner self kind of thing, you know, mm. was quite profound for me. It was yeah. one of those things you just go, how did that ever happen, you know? So mm. there's been a lot of those ridiculous stories that, you know, if you could if you could document them all, um, yeah, if I could remember them all, yeah. <laughs> it'd make a, an interesting book one day. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like God has given you opportunities to witness to artists or to people you have worked with and supported. Has there also been a chance to share your faith journey and to share the gospel with people? Absolutely. In fact, um, again, I'm trying to not say names, but sure, there, there was a um, there was a a, a band yeah. when I first started out back in um, you know had this vision. Okay, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Um, there was a band out at the time um, that were in in the charts in Australia, but they were local and and they were similar age and i was like okay if they can do it i can do it and so basically inspired that whole thing and you know ridiculously long story but in 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 all of that i ended up um singing on a tv show with them and um at the time they weren't um believers um and they were sort of party party lifestyle i guess you would say um and I didn't realise, but they knew at the time that I was a Christian, and they were watching how I worked in the industry, maintaining this faith, and you know, was able to sort of navigate that. And um, I, I, I've got to be careful how I say this, so I don't reveal who they are. But they they ended up um, going on another TV show, and um, and during that period became a Christian, and through the TV show, glorified God and said, you know, thanked God for give them the courage to get through this and to do all this, whatever. And I was sort of watching going, what? This, <laughs> you know, they're a Christian now? Wow! You know, didn't see that coming. And yeah, yeah. Um, and then, out of the blue, I get a, a phone call from their pastor, <laughs> who I'd known from Youth Alive, who said, um, this person wants to start worship leading in the church. Can you come and mentor them? Wow. So now, now I'm sitting in their bedroom, you know, just teaching them how to worship or not really teaching them but just you know yeah. helping them and um you know ended up writing songs and you know now they're very good friends and so um you know that those sort of things you, you i don't know you couldn't plan if you tried yeah god somehow he knows our hearts and he mm. goes before us and works all these little you know to end up on the same show was in itself yeah. a miracle so yeah it's amazing um, yeah, it's really cool that um, you've stepped out in that way and God's used you to be a blessing. Then out of that, he's been glorified. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the band pointed back to God and said, yep. oh, we want to thank God absolutely. for this. And it's, yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I guess it was such a, a natural thing that God just did. It's not yeah. like he yeah. conjured it up, but God yep. kind of, you know, opened the door. Absolutely. And, yeah. 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 I, I love the fact that I can't take the credit for it, you know. It's like it was all him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's amazing how he works like that. Judd, tell us about your role as the vocal director of the Melbourne Gospel Choir. Well, a number of years ago, um, Roma was like having children and 
trying to do her own career and manage the choir was all getting a bit much for her. So I was very passionate about the choir and I'd been helping her for a number of years, just, you know, organise stuff for her because she was so busy. Um, and so she basically just sort of handed the reins over and says, you know, you're passionate about it, run with it, you know, go. And, and um, you know, she's been incredibly gracious and, um, you know, is a, a great friend and a, um, I still consider her our... Um, our uh, sort of apostolic covering, our leader and our our, our head, um, and we'll still go to her for advice if things are going pear shaped with something, you know. And um, but she's basically just you know handballed it to me. <laughs> you know, you, you run with it. So I've absolutely loved that because I love that music. I love the passion of it, um, and so have been able to just sort of push it in a direction that. I was loving and wanting it to head in and mm. um, so yeah we've done a couple of albums and um, yeah so just involved in all that writing songs for it and um, yeah just sh- shaping it into a I guess in in, in Roma's um, Roma's era <laughs> Roma's, Roma's time um, because of the nature of just you know how, how gigs would come in they were very haphazard you couldn't predict it um you'd just end up with a big group of people um, and it was really just ringing through and seeing who was available and that's who you'd end up with. Um, And when I was not, you know, when I was just one of the people, I found it hard to, particularly even for carols, you're like, am I going to be on this year? Am I going to be asked? You know, you have that uncertainty. Am I in the choir? Am I not? And, um, And so... I guess for that reason, I, I sort of wanted to um, not trim down the numbers, but just find a core group mm. and and go. This is the core group. This is who the Melbourne Gospel Choir is, and and make them feel like they were in the core group. And you know, um, so we would normally sing with about ten people, um, and and often on the carols would be up to twelve to fourteen sometimes. So we basically ended up with a, a core group of. 12 to 14 yeah. um, and that was really just done through um, no one's ever auditioned for the choir so um, it's always been um, just you just have a feeling this is the right person you know it's like God just goes ask them yeah. <laughs> um, and so it, there's been a, a whole lot of criteria that we sort of um, put into that usually if someone asks to be in the choir that's the criteria that they won't be in the choir. You know, it's like <laughs> if they've got that um, that desire to be there, um, or I, I guess I just I sort of navigate my way through that. Not not judging them, but I, I feel like there's that. I always have that question: Are they doing that for themselves? You know, is mm. that them just trying to get on stage for themselves? Mm. Um, whereas I've always looked for the people that are the humble people that aren't trying to get to the limelight. And they're just serving faithfully in their church, mm. and and then you give them this opportunity to step up and um, almost reward them for their faithfulness and their humility. So mm. they're the kind of that's the kind of heart we're looking for is that um, yeah. servant heart. Because particularly backstage, we we love to have that attitude of just serving backstage. A lot of celebrities will come and go, and they'll be demanding, and you know, there's no this in my dressing room, and I want green M and M's, and you know, all that stuff. <laughs> so we're 
we go into a very different attitude that mm. that gets noticed. They just they love working with us because we're so easy to work with because we don't have that diva mentality. And yeah. so finding those people has been the um, you know the, the 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 God journey where he's just gone. Yeah, that's the that's the when you've got a choice of two people and you go and who do I ask and you just feel yeah I can ask that person. So that has sort of um, ended up and also trying to keep the balance of churches you know so you're trying to make sure you get different churches involved and um, different nationalities and so all of those will end up with this core group um, and you know some have come and gone and moved into state and whatever and the situations have changed they've left and then we replaced them but pretty much through that whole period we've we've had it, we've treated it more like a band you know mm. so you know you, you can't you can't join U2. You don't audition for U2. U2's the band, you know. So we've tried to have that kind of attitude. So the guys feel like they are part of it. You know, they can mm. um, they can own it themselves yeah, and actually yeah. take that kind of um, personal ownership and mm. and even planning for for carols. I mean, it's a it's a big commitment every year to to you know do Christmas Eve and you have got all the rehearsals leading up to it in the busiest time of everyone's year and a lot of, a lot of people have got their own church carols on and mm. so it is a big thing to be able to plan you know for and go yeah I know I've got to write off that week and I know I've got to write off rehearsal times and yeah. um, so I think it just helps them all yeah take ownership and what's been some of the best memories that you have so far or what are some of the best gigs that the Melbourne Gospel Choir has performed? I mean, we've done like grand finals and things like that. I think um, the carols is always really significant. I, th- I think because we we actually sing in the gospel, mm. and in fact, um, we often go out into the balcony. There's like a, a balcony on the side of the carols, and um, there's a couple of songs which I love to go out for and just you know sort of join in and. Um, they sing the Jerusalem chorus usually towards the end every year, and um, so we often go out in there and sing along. And oh, yeah. um, but uh, this year, actually going out um, just randomly earlier on, and they started "O Come All You Faithful," and I think it was Christy Wheel and Brown was singing, and she just started completely a cappella, just her voice. And out on the balcony, you could just hear the whole crowd singing like really really loudly didn't almost didn't come across on the tv i don't think anywhere near like what was actually singing the people were just singing at the top of their lungs Mm. and it was like this is actually phenomenal this is like as good a church service as you could ask for you know and this is the nation sing sing you know worship basically singing praise so um and half of them don't even realize they're doing it they're just (laughs) joining in the christmas spirit but the words they're singing were unbelievable and Mm. You know, I got goosebumps on my goosebumps. So it was those, those kind of things are, um, and and also even the um, praying backstage for some of these people. And mm. we've journeyed through a lot of things with with a number of them over, over a lot of years. And you know, none of us have got it all together. Mm. <laughs> we all we all have our struggles, and yeah, right. to be able to journey with people through that, and mm. you know, keep loving them through their struggles, and mm. um, and you know, there's also people that maybe don't have any faith at all and you know you, you try to navigate those relationships as well and um, just keep loving them we, you know, we've been um, cops and flack um, for certain people that we've supported um, and so we've always tried to maintain a non-judging mm. um, you know to whoever we back because we back 
every every artist effectively you know yeah. we can't go oh we'll back you but not you and you and not you and you know we theologically agree with you but we don't theologically <laughs> agree with you and all that stuff we, we're just trying to love them all mm. no matter what stage of their journey they're on mm. um and and i think that's actually opened up some profound doors backstage as well to um you know be able to pray with them and um yes some of them have actually sought out the choir to come and get you know a prayer for the got their throat you know problems with their throat or something so they come and the choir will pray from backstage and those sort of things are worth more than any gig you know they're worth more than the um the stage in fact this this um, most recent carols um last last carols we had three songs it was very busy for us we we had two songs planned um we had Kiala Settle, This Is Me, which mm. was just... The, the um, Greatest Showman was released, released on Boxing Day. Right. And uh, we were the first public performance of that song in the world, effectively. Mm. And so, um, yeah, we ended up with... We, I think we are up to four million views on the YouTube, which is phenomenal for, mm. you know, us, certainly. Um, but that was, that was happening. So this big build-up to that and... Um, and then with about two days to go another artist had to pull out and they basically gave us a song at the last minute and said can you do Joyful which we'd um, done a number of years ago but basically within two days pulled off all this choreography and you know and added all this stuff to it right. and, and incredible pressure and um, but I think we actually shined in that moment it was a really good um, chance for us to um, just be free and sing and you know um, we, we, I think we even had runners on stage, which was quite unique for carols. They don't normally allow runners on stage, but right. we got a, got on there with runners and danced around and brought a lot of energy and joy. And those, so these three songs were super busy backstage, you know, changing costumes sort of between songs, and there wasn't really much time at all to engage with people backstage. Mm. Um, and this, so, and then so last year we only had one song, and so we had all this time backstage. Um, to just connect with people mm. and we actually felt to be um, intentional about it um, this year so we um, we wrote some Christmas cards got a whole heap of Christmas cards and basically wrote an encouragement for every person we could think of the oh, camera people the audio the producers everyone that we knew their name yeah. Secu- you know security guys just um, whoever we had formed any sort of relationship we basically wrote them a card and with with a mm. an encouragement that was more than just happy christmas you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah, we, we were you know basically praying over them and yeah. and then just um gave them out backstage and because we had this time now i think we'd also um we'd also gained respect um you know from that previous year we had we'd done a lot that previous year and so you know one could say <laughs> I'm not meaning to sound arrogant in this, but you know, you've made it. You're now, you're now legitimate. You're a legitimate celebrity. Yeah. Often, you know, some years we're backing people, and you can feel like you're not the main act, and you're not the big deal, and you know, you're just a supporting act. And um, so, you know, we had all this these songs this year. So, yeah, hey, we've made it. We're now, um, like in 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 the TV land, they call it the talent. You know, you've got the producers and the crew and the talent. And so the talent get fanned and fed grapes and waved, you know, and, and the crew's running around sweating. And, you know, it's, um, there's a real divide between that 
um, kind of world. And so uh, we were now the talent, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so then that following year to be engaging then with crew, you know, that, that dynamic is um, some people go, you know, stick their nose up and walk, walk past. Right. You know, they're, they're now talent and they're too big to talk to the crew kind of, mm. you know, there's definitely that element of celebrity yeah. air of celebrity around some people not not all you know but um so to then that following year go in and you know give a christmas card to these people mm. you could see the tears in their eyes you could see them just going what the heck you know yeah, what are yeah. you giving this to me for i'm just crew you know <laughs> kind of um so those kind of moments really that feels like what why we're there yeah. <laughs> the getting to sing on tv is the icing on the cake for what you know we're mm. actually what actually gets us excited and yeah just getting that opportunity to love on people and that's cool it sounds like god gave you an opportunity to minister to people in that environment it reminds me that regardless of what we're doing as christians that god wants us to be a blessing to people around us so judd moving on to the next question um, the Melbourne Gospel Choir released an album in 2016 called Christmas Live on the Streets. Can you tell us about the album and what the main concept of the album was? We, we love singing a cappella, you know, so just no instruments and um, we, we've done a few flash mob kind of things. We, um, going to Chadston and just one person. <laughs> In fact, we had a, um, um, a previous album was... Uh, was distributed through ABC shops, and so we 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 decided we'd go to Chatson at Christmas time and sing in the ABC shops, and so we'd have one of our girls with the headphones on listening to CDs, you know, at the CD listening booth, you know, they've, um, you yeah. know, the headphones plugged into the shop kind of thing, so she's over at this shop and she's holding our CD of course, and she's looking at it with the headphones on and just starts singing, and you can see the people beside him just looking at her going. What this girl's just, just like singing really loud, like what? And then, as soon as she finishes her line across the other side of the shop, someone else continues the line, and um, and I'll, I'll never forget one of the. So, and we did that four times, so from four different places around the shop. Yeah. And by the fourth one, people are starting to you know work out there's something going on here. But um, I'll never forget the the, the guy who was um, was in that sort of fourth position. Um, there was a lady beside him that was like, what's going on? What's, oh, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? And then he started singing and she nearly had a heart attack because <laughs> she was, he was like, I don't know, you know, and then just started singing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we, we've loved, loved that kind of, you know, yeah. environment. And That's great. So we just had this, uh, um, this thing to go and sing a cappella in the streets of Melbourne and sing carols in the streets, basically. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much the concept behind the album. We've got the trams ding in the background and all the, the sound of Melbourne going on um, throughout the album. And I actually specifically started each song with a tram ding. <laughs> so it was ding, and then the song starts. <laughs> um, just to be authentic to Melbourne. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just we did a whole heap of um, arrangements to Christmas carols and... Um, and that was a lot of work because <laughs> you're trying to replicate drums and you know bass and everything with voices. Mm. Um, yeah, it was 
12 songs of <laughs> my poor brain was completely fried by the end of it but yeah, yeah it was uh, uh, yeah we we enjoy it and beautiful we love being able to sing a cappella and um yeah and then and then when filmed it in the streets and did a couple of crazy videos with our faces all painted in uh, <laughs> in war paint and that was actually there was a bit of symbolism behind that um and particularly um you know our um, our goal to try and have people representing all the different cultures yeah. um, we actually got all the choir guys to find out their heritage and their origins mm-hmm. exactly where they came from and to to paint their faces with their tribe and um, to show you know from every tribe and tongue every nation you know mm-hmm. um, that kind of that, that spirit of uniting to sing the gospel from their culture and their heritage, uniting as one, um, and also to highlight the fact that we are all one. It's just this tribal stuff we put on our face that separates us and causes all these divisions. Um, so that was a lot of fun, putting all this wall paint on and, you know, went back and found that we were, and we had this, you know, Anglo Celtic heritage. So we got all the blue, you know, Braveheart wall paint on and, um, and then you get out in the streets of Melbourne and the, <laughs> the looks you get are certainly something else. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but we have a lot of fun. Beautiful. Um, so what are some of the other albums that you guys have done? Yeah, so the album before that was Freedom, and um, that was uh, one of those, uh, another one of those God journeys. I'd gone to school with a guy who was in year 10 when I was in year 7 and I thought he was just the coolest kid you know he he had scuffed his shoes and he kicked them off and you know was a class clown and always had his shirt hanging out and he was a real funny guy and um and I and he played the drums he was a great drummer I was just oh this guy's so cool I want to be like him when I grow up that was my thing and um he left school never saw him again really um and then uh we met in a school car park and, and I'm like, oh, hey, you haven't seen him for years. And he'd been over in the States and back and ended up coming back and had started working for World Vision. And so just prior to that, I had this song that I'd written that was one of those um, slap in the faces that, that God gives you every now and then. <laughs> Where, where I was reading that passage in Matthew 27 where it says, to the least of these you do to me. And I'd, I'd led worship and sung in church most of my life and had often looked the other way when I saw poverty and, you know, had just sort of excused, well, that's, that's someone else's job, you know. I'm not rich, that's for the rich people to look after kind of thing my job is to worship and that's what I do and I got this sort of slap in the face as I was reading this and where Jesus says to the least of these you do to me and I realized I'd been using a lot of words to worship (laughs) but hadn't been using my actions to worship and that um, helping these um, these poor um, and the needy and the hungry and you know visiting prison all that sort of stuff was my actual worship Um, so I'd written this song and and I knew it was sort of a special song that um, had something go- something else going on in it. And so I felt like I should be giving it to a charity, some Compassion or World Vision, one of those 
but um, with the, my manager, we're sort of just umming and ahhing of who did we know and who would be interested in it. And so that's where my head was at when I bump into this guy in the car park and he's working for World Vision. Right. <laughs> so I said, oh, that's a trick. I've got a song. You might be interested in it. He goes, oh, cool. Come in, let's have a coffee and we'll talk about it. So I go and have a coffee and, um, and play him a song and just shared a bit about the choir. Um, the choir had been doing... Um, he, he just said, you know, what does the choir do? And in our concerts, we've done this history of gospel music segment. So we, we do some old um, spirituals and mm. talk about um, how they used uh, music as a message to get through slavery. Um, in, the, in the South, they would, they would sing these songs of freedom. Mm. And so we would do this thing and talk about that. And, um, and this, this was like... You could see the World Vision guy's eyes just lighting up. He's, he's going, this is the, um, the issue we've got at the moment. He said, there's more slaves in the world now than there was in the entire 400 years of the African slave trade. <laughs> My jaw dropped. And he goes, um, we've actually got a team going in six weeks to, um, to a project in India where there's child slavery and you know, child labour going on. Um, would you be interested in coming along? Have you got your passport? <laughs> so, so six weeks later, I'm in India in the slum. Um, and that profoundly changed my life, just um, seeing that with my own eyes, seeing the children, the same age as my kids, making clothes and shoes so I could buy stuff cheaper in the West. <laughs> that has completely messed my brain up and... Um, Realizing that I'm almost complicit in this, not just turning a blind eye, I'm actively a part of the problem, you know, just with my buying choices, not buying fair trade and, you know, not really caring who makes it and just, um, and just our whole society, the way it's so motivated by greed and these multinationals just make so much profit on the backs of these kids and nobody holds them to account. Mm. So, to see the the work World Vision was doing, the holistic work where they they're going in, um, you know, helping the farmers who um, you know have better farming practices, so they don't get so poor that they need to sell a child, mm. um, and then helping the in in the slum areas where the children are, pressuring the business owners to let the kids go to school for one day a week or you know an hour a day or something, um, and running these special education packages to train them in that short amount of time so that they break the cycle of poverty through to pressuring um, businesses to buy fair trade and to make sure fair things pay down the line to pressuring governments to pressure businesses to you know and and to you know um, pressure Australia not pressure but encourage Australians to buy fair trade so they've got this holistic approach right from you know start to finish to try because you boycott the product and now that the kid's got nothing and the the um the business owner will go and ask for another child you know you're not you're not paying your debt this child's not paying the debt i need another child and it's some crazy stuff that goes on in that um where there's generational debt that's incurred and they're, they're just stuck there for life kind of thing um so to see that firsthand um basically came back and that inspired our album Freedom. <laughs> you know, we just um, set about writing songs that would, um, yeah, set the captives free, which is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we put that the spirituals medley in there, and we we wrote another song, a few songs after that, Breaking the Chains, and 
um, then we sing it, um, we call it a song of freedom, and we usually sing that towards the end of our concert, and that's our, um, it's like our prayer for freedom for um, for these kids, for us, you know, for our own lives, to, to see breakthrough and freedom in our own lives, so mm-hmm. um, we, we usually find that's a really significant moment, you see people weeping in your nose, you know, something's going on when you see them weeping, so um, yeah, we that's been a really significant um, you know, thing for the choir to do. It's sort of our that's 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 our cause, that's what we fight for, that's mm. the gospel to, you know, set the captive free. Yeah. So, um yeah, that's 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 the last album, basically. Okay. <laughs> in a long nutshell. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. John, have you got any albums that are currently in the making? No, that the Christmas album wrecked me. <laughs> so um yeah it's yeah, I'm not sure about the album thing. I feel like we're being we're this is just speaking um, randomly, but I feel like we're being pushed into more of this doing stuff area of actually um, like the backstage kind of stuff that that kind of um, to do that more intentionally and I'm not sure what doors will open to allow that to happen, but we're thinking along the lines of even doing a regular a regular kind of concert, you know, just a, a gathering, even if it's just in the city or something, you know, just uh, this idea of like, you know, Oh, this is an idea, so don't turn up. But sure. like you know, um, first Sunday every month of just going to the city on a Sunday afternoon and singing to the homeless and just mm. singing in the streets and not selling tickets, you know, not charging money for it, actually singing to bless people mm. and um, you know, not busking, <laughs> like actually just finding finding uh, one person that you just feel God's telling you to go and sing to and sing yeah. to that one person. So that actually really excites me. I'm, we'll see where that lands. Mm. <laughs> We've got a few. There's a few in the choir that are just completely on fire for God. Like they mm. just over the last you know five or ten years, they've just given up everything to chase God, and you, yeah. you can see that all over them. They're just glowing almost. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I feel like we need to be doing something more than just you know waiting for the big gig. It's cool to think that the whole choir would sing to just one person. Because that person would be really blessed and they can experience God's uh, presence and love in that moment. Yeah, we know, we, we've, done, um, we've done that a few times. We've done it like on a plane. We've sung to someone on a plane. Oh, yeah, cool. and, you know, <laughs> just sitting beside someone and found out it was their birthday and just launched into this like gospel version of a happy birthday and got little added things to it. And, you know, they're just crying. They don't know what to do. They're just so touched that, mm. you know people would love on them like that so yeah it's yeah that's our gift so awesome let's give it away yeah that's great (laughs) it's really good what is some of the feedback that you have received from people who've listened to the melbourne gospel choir well you you do get a lot of the tears and that kind of stuff and particularly we know with that song of freedom we know that um that something's shifting for people and um they'll often come up afterwards and you know just say how touched they were and it was amazing all that sort of stuff I guess you often don't hear anything more than that you know they they come up and you're teary and shaking your hands and then you never see them again so you're never quite sure what actually happened there but there has been a few um, moments that you just go you know God's weaving all this stuff that you could never plan but before um, that song of freedom um, one of our girls who was one of those on fire ones that I was mentioning about at a recent um, a recent gig, she just like before she went into this song, um, we often just say something about um, you know 
we'd like to sing this as a prayer for you. You know, you might need some freedom in your life, and um, so we'll sing this over you. But instead of saying that, she she pointed somebody out in the crowd. She just saw this girl and just thought, I need to point this girl out, and mm. um, and and sort of had a, um, a a word for her. You know, just shared this um, what she was feeling. This girl was going through um, that. You know, God was watching her and loving her, and mm. you know, you can see this girl sort of starting to cry. And you you knew that whatever was going on there was really you know meeting the mark and mm. um and then we, we went into the song and that was it you know but um we found out afterwards this girl had just been invited to church and she'd had a marriage breakup and all this sort of stuff going on in her life and so to just get that little you know mm. um pick out of the crowd yeah. <laughs> you know god loves you kind of mention was quite profound for her yeah. so um you, you just i guess you never know what's What's going on? I, I, um, when we when we actually wrote that um, song, we s- literally sat down and we had that verse where David plays his harp and the demons leave Saul. And so we said, what would a song sound like <laughs> to set people free? What would you know? Wow. If freedom was a song, what would it sound sing like? You know, mm. that ended up becoming a line in the song. <laughs> you know, so it was this this search for freedom. Before we finish, is there anything else that you would like to say today? Speaking about that unity thing, I probably would would like to actually bring it back to that unity. The enemy always comes to divide Mm. and to divide the church and to divide Christians and denominations. And I've recently shifted churches personally, and I've never done that before, you know. Um, So it's been quite a big deal for the family to do that and to Mm. go through that and... um, and I think the enemy can so easily come in at that point and create division and, you know, um, animosity and I'll never speak to you again because you've left my church or I'll never speak to you again because I've left your church and that kind of, you know, um, division that just is so rife in the world and it just creates this separation of, you know, one person looks at a verse this way and the other person looks at it that way and they, they're both right, completely right, 100% right. You know, there's 13,000 denominations and they're, and they're all right, you know. <laughs> um, and so the choir's always tried to um, have that attitude of being above that, you know. Mm. There's, some, there's some core things that you need to believe in, <laughs> like Jesus. Um, and, and, and then apart from that, I think we're all on it on a journey of finding our faith and finding the path that God wants us to be on. And it looks different for every different person. Someone told me recently, um, they said a good picture for them that helped them was, where is the person's heart facing? Is the person's heart facing away from God? Mm. Or is the person's heart facing to God? And I think he's the judge of that. He judges the heart. We look on the outward appearance, Mm. but... Where's that person's heart pointing? And for us, I think if people's heart is pointing in the right direction, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in their life that God's working through as he's working through all of us. Mm. Um, And I think when you're personally journeying with someone, um, you can speak into their lives, maybe. You know, you can... um, Hey, you know, I just... I notice you seem to be struggling with that. You know, Mm. you might want to just, you know... Have, have another think about how you're dealing with that you know mm. as a personal friend yeah. or as a maybe a pastor you can you can have that input into someone but to stand on a street corner and yell at someone that you know you're a sinner and you know look at all your sins and here let me point them all out i think is sort of doing us a disservice i think if we mm. sat beside them and put our arm around them and you know saw where they were at 
um, I, I, I always think, um, you know, I see the sin in their life that that needs to be addressed, but God sees the fact that there's this root of bitterness, mm-hmm. you know, that was caused by something that, um, you know, they're struggling big time with. That needs to be removed before all this other stuff can change. And so yeah. um, asking God to heal that and fix that is is the primary objective but if you're just yelling at them <laughs> from from your side of doctrine to the other side of doctrine and you know we we sit on our on our um soap boxes and mm-hmm. drive them away almost so yeah. um the choir's always been um you know fighting for unity mm-hmm. um and um avoiding those um um polarizing things you know mm-hmm. and trying to maintain the unity because where unity is, there the Lord commands a blessing, and that's been a um, verse that we've tried to live by. Yeah. Um, and so, we, I would just encourage. Um, I, I love to see what's going on in the city at the moment. I feel like there's something going on in Australia. Even we've had um, the awakening mm. um, rallies. Yeah, we've had the uh, Franklin Graham rallies, and. Um, yeah, I hear a number of churches talking about revival and breakthrough and mm. I'm going, you know, God is doing something. Friends, you know, talk about some of them go, go to Awakening and go, oh, that was too kooky, you know, and some go to Franklin Graham and go, oh, that was too traditional. And But I go, look, God is doing something in all of that. You know, he's mm. he's reaching the kooky and he's reaching the traditional and he's reaching the every pe- church and every, you know, his, his mm. kingdom in every tribe and tongue, he's calling and drawing them in the language that they understand and in the yeah. way that they connect with God. And, mm. you know, some people connect with God in nature, some connect in the cathedrals, some connect in, you know, worship. But if um, if we can sort of put aside our differences and actually almost leave the 99 and chase the one, you know, mm. I think um, there's the revival, you know. Mm. It's not um, some guy in a pulpit calling down fire from heaven. It's... Mm every one of us yeah, that's right. being a light where we are in our, you know, just reaching that, putting your arm around that's that right, person yeah, that's yeah. just lost their dad, you know. Yeah. Um, it's those moments, yeah. I think, that we connect on a whole other level mm. and we are the light of the world and we are yeah. God's hands and feet, you know. Yeah. We're not leaving up to the guy in the pulpit. Yeah. Um, and I think that what the awakening and Franklin thing has stirred up that, you know, just seeing people going out in the streets mm. and just go okay god where do you want me to go you know who do you want me to go up and talk to and Mm. who do you want me to go up and sing over (laughs) you see how i wrapped all that up there (laughs) that's good that's really good yeah that brings us to an end of this episode judd thank you so much for joining us on the show today it's been great chatting to you about the melbourne gospel choir if people want to find out more about the choir where can they go website melbournegospelchoir.com um is normally uh retrospective <laughs> it's normally after the fact we put stuff up there um because so much so much of our stuff is you know tv can you come in three days time and perform in this tv show <laughs> um and we do a lot of corporate things as well so there's a lot of um yeah businesses and we're singing in private functions and things so um but as soon as there's concerts on we're normally up on facebook yelling and screaming about it so you can friend us on facebook and That brings us to an end of this episode. Uh, Search and like Testimonies of Truth on Facebook or Twitter. And if you want to stay connected as well, you can email testimoniesoftruth.content at gmail.com.